is A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar Dave. is a special presentation of the Cigar Dave Show, America at War with the Chinese Virus. With the latest intel, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. You know one thing, that during the Chinese Wuhan virus crisis here in the United States, you can count on this global five-star and alpha male-in-chief to give you the straight scoop. No bull. We don't care who we offend. We're honest, we're direct. And if the Chinese Communist Party is offended, wonderful, even better. Screw the Chinese Communist regime. We continue another week of lockdown. More states going under lockdown. Economy at a standstill. This week, 10 million unemployed Americans We can thank the Chinese. So for the next two hours, I would love to sit here and talk about alpha male, good life pleasure maneuvers. Would love to talk about cigars, spirits, diversions, dice, dames, but we're realistic. We're educated alphas. We're up to date on current events. It is imperative that we share conversational maneuvers together about what is on all of our minds. Let's face it, you can't think about anything else. It has consumed us. It's consumed us being home. It's consumed us how we shop, how we interact while we're out in public. It has totally consumed us. And we can thank the Chicoms for all of this. As always, I extend to you my long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure. We hope to get back. To always pleasure soon. It's going to be a while. But as always, your global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief coming to you from Command Center Alpha. Make America great again. Make America resilient. We are resilient. We don't have to be resilient again. We are resilient. Screw the enemies of pleasure. And screw the Chinese communist bastards. Next hour, we'll be joined by Gordon Chang. He is a noted expert on China You've seen him on many of the news networks. You've seen him on CNN, fake news CNN, on BSDNC, on Fox News. He has been on Fox Business, very well known. He's the author of the book, Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. We will talk with him about what is going on in China. You can believe nothing coming out of China. President Xi Jinping is a blatant liar. All the Chinese communists are blatant liars. Everything they are telling you blatant lies. In fact, they said they've got everything under control. 
Everything is all squared away. We had low numbers, which is ridiculous. If you look at every other country and extrapolate the numbers based on population size on a per capita basis, China should have roughly 400,000 or 800,000 to 800,000 Chinese Wuhan virus cases, maybe even more, way more deaths than they reported. You're telling me now that the United States had more has more cases of the Chinese Wuhan virus than they did in China? Please. We're not stupid President Xi Jinping. We're not stupid China Communist Party. We know what you're up to. You're a bunch of lying frauds. So believe nothing coming out of China. Proof is in the pudding. Chinese city, uh, or uh, the Chinese Basketball Association and major sports have been ordered to remain suspended due to the Chinese Wuhan virus. This past Tuesday, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, ordered all major sporting events to remain suspended because of the Chinese Wuhan virus. So the Chinese Basketball Association, the CBA, hoped to resume play in mid-April, denied government approval to do so. Any sporting events that draw large crowds or any crowds temporarily not being resumed, no timeline given on when they would be able to restart play. Now think about that for a second. Why? Because China has magically gotten rid of all the Chinese Wuhan virus cases? No. They've blatantly been lying and covering it up. But if it were eradicated, they'd say, great, go play basketball. Sports are back. They are blatant liars. Now, it is my pleasure to welcome two of our longtime crew members of the Cigar Dave Show. First up, joining us from the European Theater of Operations in his World War II era bunker underneath the European Command Center Alpha, we've got Mick the Brit in charge of the European Theater of Operations in the UK. Mick, greetings. Greetings, General, and I bet you couldn't believe how bad it was the last time I was on with you, so you're doing it again this week. It's going to be a while, I think, my friend. First up, how is Sister the Brit, Deborah? How is she feeling? You believe that, and she believes she may have had the Chinese Wuhan virus. Update, please. Yes, absolutely, General. Good news, straight off the bat, she is recovered. Uh, Now working from home. And, uh, yes, she's okay, thanks very much. But it was uh, a little worrying there for a while. But uh, she, she got through it okay. All right, and we've got from the Western New York Theater of Operations, classified locations, but I'm pleased to report that all eight grills and smokers in the pooch pit are fully operational during the lockdown. Colonel Ange, greetings, my friend. Greetings, General. Yes, they are. Every grill, every smoker, every piece of uh, equipment used outside has been disinfected and reinvigorated. Outstanding. Now, tell us, uh, you've been uh, on home lockdown, essentially, Private G, and we've got uh, Mrs. Colonel Angerita. How are they doing? They're doing well, Private G. Typical teenager is uh, starting to uh, pull some hairs out of the back of his head. He misses his friends, but he totally understands. And of course, the missus is uh, working almost every day at the various hospitals around uh, the uh, Buffalo City area, trying to keep our people safe. And she is a profusionist, so uh, primarily for open-heart surgery, other cases. Uh, They're still doing, obviously, emergency-type surgery, but elective surgery is pretty much canceled, correct? All all elective surgery has been canceled. However, the machine that she runs 
is the acute last stance machine for people on this uh, virus. So she and her crew are standing by to date. They haven't had to put anybody on that machine so far, but they're standing by to do it. After the ventilator, uh, you go on what's called the ECMO machine, and that's what she runs. So we got her fingers well, crossed. Well, let's hope they never that uh, Mrs. It. Colonel Angerita is bored and does not have to use the ECMO machine at all in the coming weeks and uh, month or so. Let's hope that is the case. And now, you know, we're seeing treatments that are being used by uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc as well as azithromycin, the Z-Pack. They're getting very good results, but Governor Andrew Cuomo New York still has not released that for treatment, I believe, for the rest of the state. Is that not correct, Colonel Ange? Well, it's, uh, the treatments are being dispensed to specific hospitals that have some background in it. We know that our very own Roswell Park is now uh, working with uh, one of the drugs, uh, and it's getting very good positive results, one of the few uh, hospitals in the entire nation. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, being dis it's going to the hospitals first that have some experience in it, and uh, fortunately for us right here in Buffalo, New York, we have one that's working on it. Well, I can tell you that everybody that seems to be putting patients on the uh, hydrochloroquine and the Z-Pack and zinc, because they find that zinc now, actually the hydrochloroquine actually anti-inflammatory, and it allows the zinc to go into the, into the Chinese Wuhan virus cell and, and get into it and essentially destroy it. And then the azithromycin, the Z-Pack, used so there's no bacterial uh, infection in the lungs, they're finding that if they get people on that regimen early, it is working. And it is incredible the number of people initially that lambasted President Trump who said, look, I don't know if this is going to work or not. We hear reports from around the world that it's working. There's a doctor up in Westchester County that has treated, I think, over 500 patients with this regimen. And he said, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but we need to try it. People are, are, are in bad health because of this virus, we need to give it a shot. And of course, the FDA craps around and they screw around and then Fauci says, well, we, that's anecdotal. We need to have proof. Here's the problem with a lot of these research physicians. They want absolute proof. Now, when you are a business person, an entrepreneur, you can't always have 100% of the information. You have to make decisions on the fly. Sometimes you have 50% of the information. Sometimes you have 70% of the information. I'm reminded of the Apollo 13 incident. Houston, we have a problem. If it were up to the FDA, they were running a show, they would have taken a year and a half to get the astronauts back and it would have been way too late. Instead, you had people that said, this can work, we've got to give it a shot, this, we believe this is going to work, and it did. So I have heard many health professionals, many of the health commissioners saying, well, it's an off-label use, it's not approved, we should be careful, somebody died from it. No. The people in Arizona, one person died because the husband and wife took, I think it was if not some sort of fish food, it wasn't a fish food, but it was some sort of fish substance that's used to clear the water up in a tank. It is not for consume, human consumption. And now it's coming out that the woman that gave that to her husband, apparently it's got some issues where wanted to divorce the husband and there's a little something, pardon the pun, fishy going on there. But everybody went after President Trump. And as it turns out, he may have actually been right. So, Colonel Ange, they're starting to see more use of that in New York. Is that what Mrs. Colonel Ange Rita is reporting? 
Yes, yes, they are, General. <clears throat> excuse me. And I would also say that uh, in uh, the uh, words of uh, Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit. That's right. <laughs> That's right. By the way, uh, Tom Brady announced where he's going to be living. He's renting Derek Jeter's home on Davis Island just off of downtown. Humongous house. Renting that it shack? for two years. Yeah, that shack. Yeah, all, I think 18,000 square feet of that shack. I think they said the rental rate should be like forty or 50,000 a month. It's going to be some uh, huge amount. But when you're making $15 million plus a year, just a drop of the bucket. And think about this. What he used to pay probably in Massachusetts income tax is paying for his rent since there's no Florida state income tax. But you're right, Bruce Arians. No risk it, no biscuit. No guts, no glory. Sometimes you have to risk it. Now, Mick the Brit, an event. General. That goes on every June in London. Wimbledon, the big tennis tournament on the clay courts, or is it the grass courts? Is it grass or clay, Mick? It's grass. Thank grass, you very much. Right. On the grass courts. <laughs> Cancelled for the first time since WW2 because of the Chinese Wuhan virus. And that adds a list of many other sports and events that have been cancelled. I think we're going to see the rest of the NHL and NBA season cancelled. Major League Baseball may get underway very late. If at all, I'm just hoping. First, I'm hoping and praying that we get through this, that this Chinese Wuhan virus is defeated rapidly. More on that in a few minutes. But I hope that the football season, college and national football, is not in any way, shape, or form canceled. That would be an absolute outrage. Indeed, General. And, of course, it's the same with our sporting events here. And, of course, I was speaking to the head coach of my local football club here last week. And can you imagine trying to keep your players, your squad, fit? It's not uh, where you're not actually overseeing what their their regime. But thanks to technology now with Fitbit watches and all that kind of stuff, they are able to send that into the club just to see that they're actually doing something. But I think it'll be very interesting when the seasons do kick off because not everybody's going to be match fit at the beginning of this new season, whenever that is. Mick, when you say football clubs, you are referring to soccer clubs, Soccer. Yes. Indeed, soccer. There, yeah. There's but, only but one football, foot- and that's, that's played in the United States of America. <laughs> Which, strangely enough, you don't play with your feet. We play football because... Oh, no, you do, Mick. Kicked. Oh, no, excuse me. Excuse me. To get a field goal, you do play with your foot. <laughs> oh, pl- your foot. like a PK, <laughs> a, pen- a penalty kick. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is correct. So, Colonel Ange, tell us, anything good on the... Let's get some good news. Any good delicacies on the pooch pit? Uh, General, yes. Uh, today we're going to do uh, uh, ribs on a stick. It's uh, something that I came up with a little while back we use uh, something that's cut from the loin and the shoulder versus a regular rib. So they're called country ribs. You take the country ribs and you cut those into shish kebab type squares. You put them on a skewer, uh, hit them with the uh, rub, the all-purpose rub that I make. I let those sit overnight in the fridge and then smoke them for a couple hours, finish them on the grill with my uh, bourbon barbecue sauce. Oh, sounds delicious. Mick can be there in about eight hours. I can be there in two hours, Colonel Ange. What, 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 time, what time is dinner tonight? Boys, get on the plane. Start flying down. Let's see if we have any restrictions. Mick, they may want to take your temperature before you get off the plane, but yeah. uh, you're both welcome here. And uh, we'll, take, uh, we'll take a picture of that and send it along, General, so you can see them. They're kind of a cool idea. It's a way to have uh, good ribs without the uh, five, six-hour process. Works really well. 
Interesting. Fantastic. Well, next time I'm up in the... And I was supposed to be in the Western New York Theater of Operations several weeks ago, as you know, Colonel Ange. But next time I'm up there, I'm hoping I will be up there in the summer uh, because Cigar Mother Piera is going crazy at, uh, mm. at the Western New York Command as well, like everybody else. But thankfully... Netflix is working very well because if it didn't, I would be getting a call and a FaceTime on making sure that it was properly working. Uh, Cigar Mother cannot operate without Netflix these days. It's amazing. She didn't know what Netflix was two years ago. Now she, if, if you don't have Netflix, the world has ended. She's binge watching. She does. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Yeah, she and Anne Trudy, they, they compare all the series they watch. They, they watch some Spanish telenovela that was like 417 episodes that, you know, took them like a year to watch. And, you know, they, they call each other every day, which I think a lot of people are doing right now, Colonel Ange, basically just saying, hey, look, you know what? Uh, here's what's going on. And, and you know, we got to keep ourselves occupied. Everybody's kind of in the same boat. A lot of people are going stir crazy. I really believe, we talked about this last week, this is going to change dramatically how businesses operate in the future. I think more people are going to want to work from home at least several days of the week. I think people now are looking, saying, you know what, maybe we should, maybe we should decouple from our digital devices a little bit more on the weekends and maybe uh, enjoy life. I think this is going to be a big wake-up call for the entire country, how people are, are living and people saying, you know what, I, I can maybe I don't need to work you know 80 hours a week maybe I can just enjoy life a little bit I think that we've been talking about that on this show for 25 years we work hard but we should be able to enjoy ourselves have a cigar have a spirit you know and I, I, I am reminded by all these people that say oh don't smoke cigars don't eat meat don't uh, don't have any libations don't have a harem well, at the end of the day, we are not here for a long time we were here for a good time there were people I will guarantee you last week that had plans next week, the week after, next month. Those plans are done. They're gone. Many of them are not, most people aren't even here, which is really, it's shocking when you think about it, uh, Angin Paul, or Angin Macon. By the way, Colonel Lange, how is, how is uh, Captain Paul? I understand that uh, Colvin Cleaners, they had to go to reduced uh, staff, but they were able to stay open, I believe, because they really are essential for many of the first responders uh, for cleaning. Yes, they are. In fact, that, that's one of the biggest cases why they can. But also, they have really opened up uh, the business now to um, uh, their laundry end of it for the uh, consumer. So now, if you're someone that regularly has to go to a laundromat to keep you at a social distance, don't worry about it. They will. Uh, they have a rate for a wash and fold. You can put your clothes at the door. They'll come, they'll pick them up, wash them, clean them, fold them, and bring them back. He's aggressively uh, marketing that to uh, help these people that uh, just can't get out and go to the laundromat, which I think is a pretty noble thing. Helps everybody. Absolutely. Uh, of course, Captain Paul, very, uh, you know, very active in the Western New York community on many, many, many fronts. Uh, now, this is an interesting story. I've always said that we enjoy cigars. Cigars are made with cigar tobacco, 100% natural ingredients. We don't smoke cigars the same way people smoke cigarettes. We don't smoke cigars for the nicotine. We can go, listen, when I had my upper respiratory infection, and who knows, maybe I did have the Chinese Wuhan virus because it absolutely whacked me. Mick, you and I were talking about this last right. week that the end of January into February, actually it was like mid-January to around really the 
second week of February, I absolutely got whacked with what I thought is an upper respiratory infection, sore throat, nasal congestion, major dry hacking cough, and it lingered. And I even had some fluid in my my lungs, and I was prescribed a Z-Pack, got rid of it. But who knows? This may have been yeah. here already. In fact, people think that the Chinese Wuhan virus, Chinese many Chinese officials knew about it in November already. So this may have been here. Who knows? I may have had it. But I'm very curious when the test is available to see if you have the antibodies to the Chinese Wuhan virus. I will absolutely take it, and then we'll know definitively. But who knows? Mick, you got whacked as well. Absolutely, General. And my symptoms were somewhat worse because I had this dry cough and this uh, phlegm. And when I went to clear my throat, my throat would suddenly close up as if somebody was strangling me. My windpipe was constricted. I couldn't breathe through my nose or my mouth. So I had to just relax. It was frightening, but I had to relax, and it would eventually ease. And my voice was also affected. It was half as powerful as what it is now, so to speak. And let's face it, you don't really have a powerful voice, Mick. And you do have a funny accent. So if it was half of what it is, you know, <laughs> half of what it was uh, as of today, not good. Maybe. Yeah. Kind, of, uh, kind of on the weak side, i got to tell you. All right. Well, may- maybe it's half better than what it is now then for you. Half better. It's half better of what it was. Uh, Mick, by the way, how do, you say, yeah. how do you say W-A-T-E-R? Water. 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 Yeah, how do Americans say yeah. it, Mick, the correct way? Water. There you go. (laughs) Outstanding, Mick. Now you finally have it. You finally have it. Well, when we come back, we'll have a National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. We're going to do it internationally, from the Western New York Theater of Operations over to the European Theater of Operations, down to Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City of Tampa. We will have have a threesome in terms of litation and libation. Don't get any other ideas, gentlemen. And when we come back, we'll tell you how tobacco... Maybe an effective treatment in the war on the Chinese Wuhan virus. Oh, I can see the enemies of pleasure now screaming. Tobacco? Oh, no, no, no. If it says tobacco, we don't care if it's... It could be the cure for cancer. It could be the cure for the Chinese Wuhan virus. Tobacco? No way. We'll talk about it around the corner. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails, too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy and Chinese virus sanitation maneuvers performed. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. And of course, all my cigars are hermetically sealed for my protection. I have pulled out one of the cigars that is in the March 2020 Officers Club selection. Now, I should note that there was a delay, there is a delay, on the March 2020 selection featuring the CAO Session and the CAO Oriana. Two CAO Sessions, one CAO Oriana. Good news, I received word yesterday that all the March 2020 Officers Club shipments are being mailed Monday. You should start seeing them Wednesday, Thursday of next week. We appreciate everybody's patience. With staffing restrictions in effect, separation, they had to limit uh, the number of people at the distribution center, the number of people that could actually work on putting the Officers Club shipments together. So good news on that. A little bit delayed. We have posted information on it. I sent emails out, but a lot of emails get kicked back because of spam filters. But everybody so far has been patient, and you will have the March 2020 selection featuring two CAO sessions and one CAO Oriana, probably by the middle of next week, being mailed Monday. And I have pulled out the CAO session. Here's what I'm going to do. This week, I will have the CAO session. Next week, I will enjoy the CAO Oriana. So the CAO session, Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper, Dominican Vega Especial Binder, the filler Dominican Piloto Cubano, and Nicaraguan Esteli. Master Blender Rick Rodriguez, Rico Suave, my good buddy here in the Cigar City, said, I wanted to create a cigar that you could enjoy anytime, day or night. So that if you're at the bar, you're at the pool, you are with buddies, you can just sit, smoke, chill, make it a cigar enjoying session. And so this particular cigar Medium-bodied, notes of chocolate, peppery, and a little bit of cinnamon derived from its deep, dark Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Just a very nice cigar. Anytime, day and night. Goes with a steak, goes with various libations. You are going to enjoy it. Great cigar, great price. The CAO Session, my cigar of selection today on our international Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. And Mick the Brit, we're making it international. What cigar will you be enjoying today? The same as last week, General. 
Guantanamera. Guantanamera. A Cuban cigar. I believe that's where it's from, yes, sir. And where do you purchase your cigars, Mick? Well, very locally, actually, at the off-license. What is the off-license? An off-license is like a liquor store where you can buy liquor and um, you don't need... Uh, well, they were around before supermarkets could start selling liquor. So, they, so I, like a, a convenience store, is that what it is? No, it's specifically to sell booze and uh, and cigars if, if they want okay, to carry so those. Okay, so it yeah. would be a cigar and liquor store. Or s- yes. smoke shop and liquor store. There you go. No no smoking in the shop, General. No. No, no, bad. I understand. I, I got it. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. All right. And, and yeah. your libation. T- oh, hold your libation, Mick. Let's go to Colonel yep, yep. Ange in the Western New York Theater of Operations. Colonel Ange, let me guess. In La Gloria Cubana. Well, General, that was the breakfast cigar, as usual. Ah, okay. So, for the uh, afternoon uh, cigar, we've picked a classic, the Rocky Patel Edge Maduro Toro. It's creamy, it's smooth, it's got a nice edge to it. You're going to love it. Nobody works harder than me, Rocky Patel, to make you the Rocky Patel Edge. I guarantee it. You're going to love it. It's fabulous. It's the best blend we've ever made. It's outstanding. Oh, and it's beautiful. It, I know. And we the reason we do that is because love Rocky, longtime friend. I do it right in front of him when we see Everybody does it because we, we everybody. know it. Even, even Nish and Nimish, you do it. Everybody yeah, does it. Everybody. But, but we love busting Rocky's balls. It's <laughs> a beautiful do. thing. And, and you know what? He's a good sport. We all have a good time because we are like brothers and... It is yeah, all. Yeah, he all just good. he can dish it out too, so it's a lot oh, of fun. Oh, he Rocky can dish. Don't you worry, Rocky can absolutely dish it <laughs> yes, up. Yes, he all can. All right, so fantastic. Three great cigars, including my CAO session for litation. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. I've got myself sharpening double-edged stainless steel heat. This thing weighs a ton, by the way. This is not like a little plastic one. This is a giant titanium. A lot of weight to it. Very heavy. Beautiful. That's what I will use today. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I have to yell, stand clear, before I ignite this CCK. It is called the Chinese Commie Killer. Clear! Oh, yeah. Listen to that, baby. This is like a blowtorch from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, the guys in the white lab coats. I wanted to, I was so, I am, not was, I am ticked at the Chinese communists. I hate them. I want to eradicate them from the face of the earth for what they have done to the world. They are the enemies of America. They are the enemies of the world. Let me tell you, I get a whole, I get President Xi Jinping and all those other commie bastards. Let me tell you something. Let, let me, let me amp it up a little bit. This flame goes longer than the six feet separation required for social distancing listen to that thing beautiful and that's what i will use today cigar, cigar pre-litation checklist complete no faults detected area clear of all enemies of pleasure approval to go throttle up in three two one perfect cut as you can hear i kept the cck litation device the chinese commie killer let me toast the foot of this beautiful CAO session. I'll tell you, this I, I, it's got several items that are of note. First of all, I love this deep, dark, chocolatey Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, notes of espresso, and I love the band. It's got one of my favorite colors. My two favorite colors, blue and orange. Orange for the Syracuse Orangemen, which I'm an alum of, and I just love the color. 
It's got some uh, very, just, just it's a very cool, hip-looking band with a double band on it that says sit, smoke, chill. Let me puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Absolutely spectacular. Let me take another puff or two. And I forgot to tell you that actually I've got a Gordo size. They call it the Shop. Six inches in length, 60 ring gauge, just a tad bit shorter in diameter than an inch. And you're looking at these cigars, about eight and a half dollars. Nice cigar, great taste. Fantastic. Let me continue. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, in honor of Mick the Brit, I needed something that was British, something that was London. So what is better than London and British than... Gin. British gin. A London dry gin. And I have pulled out a very well-known British gin called Boodles. Classic London dry style. Recipe dates back to 1845. It is distilled from English wheat. Nice blend of botanicals including sage, rosemary, and nutmeg. In fact, Colonel Ange, that sounds like what you would be putting on some ribs or... One of your many meat-related delicacies as a rub. Pretty pretty close, General. Yep. Now, noticeable omission of citrus boca- uh, botanicals. So what you have is a very aromatic nose and taste. Very mellow but herbal quality to boodles. And you get some nice pine notes made in Britain. Distilled using a rare Carterhead still in Cheshire. Bottled in Essex and packaged in Scottish glass with labels printed in Wales. Now, I'm going to pour a little bit into my Neat style. It's actually, the brand is called Neat. I talked about this last week. The, it's a very short glass, but the bottom looks like a wine decanter. So it allows me to swirl around the gin. And it's got a wide flange on the top. So as I go to take a sip, I've got the nose that comes right I mean, the aroma just comes right all over the nose. Mm, fantastic. And Colonel Ange, you are a big gin connoisseur as well, a big gin enthusiast. It's my drink of choice, General. In fact, I'm imbibing in the exact same gin with a little tonic and ice, some boodles. I, it's my favorite London dry. Well, I'm going to have it neat. So let me go ahead and swirl this around, say, the one problem with this glass, there, there it is, with this glass, you don't get a nice clank sound like you do on a whiskey snifter. So let me go ahead and take a sip here. First of all, the aroma is incredible. Wow. A lot of herbs, spices, some piney notes. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, this is nice. No citrus ingredients, so it's a very different type of gin. A lot of juniper, a lot of coriander, but very pleasant. In fact, it won the silver medal at the 2013 San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Very highly rated, highly acclaimed. And again, unlike other London dry gins, Boodles contains no citrus ingredients. So I'm having the Boodles gin. Colonel Ange is having a 
gin and tonic. Mick, what are you enjoying for your libation? Ding dong. And that would be in reference to the whiskey I'm drinking. Bells. Bells. Uh, Tell us about Bells. Not familiar with it. It's a blend. Okay. Can you be a little more specific? (laughs) And (laughs) And rather inexpensive. Hence why I'm drinking it. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Now, let me tell you about something very interesting. And Mick, you will appreciate this. Obviously, people are holed up because of the Chinese Wuhan virus. There are restrictions on leaving your home unless it's for essential services, food, gas, pharmaceuticals, that kind of thing. Well, one of the essential products in many states is booze, alcohol, liquor, wine, beer. The most recent sales statistics from the week ending March 21st, so two weeks ago, Sales in the United States of alcoholic beverages rose 55% in one week. Online sales of alcohol exceeded in-store sales. They were up 243%. Beer sales rose 42%. Let's face it, when you're home, there's nothing else to do. As far as I'm concerned, may as well, well, three things. Light a cigar, have a libation, and fornicate. All those three things, you cannot go wrong. All those things are great. Mick, if you would have been in the United States, I would have said yeah. you alone would be responsible for the 55% rise. <laughs> but wait. Funny you, there, yeah, go ahead, Mick. Go I was going to say, funny you say that, but remember the off-license I talked about. Yes. He sold four times more the amount of products he uh, last week than he did the previous two weeks. Oh, I absolutely believe that. There's no question about it. People aren't going to bars. People are home. And here's what's also interesting. In Australia, down under, mate, eh? Hard-drinking Australians given strict warnings this week, earlier this week, to cut down on their booze intake and purchases. Strict limits put in place. Buyers now are restricted to 12 bottles of wine and two cases of beer per person per day as part of a national crackdown. And major retailers agreed to enforce the new rules limiting individual purchases as Australians went on panic buying sprees. They raided pubs, bars, takeaway outlets called bottle shops. And alcohol sales up 86% in Australia. 86%. One guy said, hey, I got enough for... Six months, I stocked up. So everybody, look, in the United States, people are buying guns. In Australia, they buy loads of booze. So there you go. So, Mick, if if you were in the United States, I would say you solely could be responsible for a 55% increase. General, one more thing. I think after when this is over and we are released from our lockdown, I think two things will come out of this. There will be some really good cooks out there, or there's going to be a lot of alcoholics. And a lot of babies being born in nine oh, months. Yeah. Yeah, Guaranteed. Yeah. Christmas time, New Year, yeah. Mm, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit later than that. We're talking, what, uh, March, April, May, June, July, August, about February, Mick. Probably February. Oh, January to oh, February. Okay. Yeah, nine months. Okay. I, apparently you didn't learn that there's a nine-month gestation period. <laughs> <laughs> they are well, puppies, Mick. They're not six weeks. Well, they're going <laughs> to they're be celebrating their birthdays with us, General, aren't they? That's Kirk. You got it. Right. We're both February. Absolutely. All right. When we come back, first of all, next hour, we'll be joined by Gordon Chang, noted China expert. 
You see him on cable uh, news networks, author of the book Coming Collapse of China and the book Great U.S.-China Tech War. We'll talk about what is going on in China, how we got so dependent on China for manufacturing our pharmaceuticals, everything, you name it, masks, products, uh, everything, clothing. We have just outsourced everything to China. It is absolutely atrocious what has been allowed to take place. It's treasonous as far as I'm concerned. So we'll talk with Gordon Chang next hour. When we come back, we'll tell you how tobacco leaves are being used in the war against Chinese Wuhan virus. Also, I've got a compendium of audio bites from various politicians who now are saying, oh, we should have locked down the country way before. We should have done this, should have done that, pointing the finger at Trump. But President Trump is to blame. He definitely came out early and said, it's going to be like a cold. It's just going to magically go away. But he wasn't the only guilty party. We'll talk about that. Special edition of the Cigar Dave Show as we talk the Chinese Wuhan virus. We better lock this country down. Otherwise, this thing could go into May, June, and we're really toast. Much more coming your way. The General is always on Twitter. Delivering breaking news. Giving you the latest intel on cigars. And battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Cigar connoisseurs and enthusiasts love going into their retailer's humidor and seeing what's new, what's exciting. It's like a kid in a candy store. And we've got a great way that you can enjoy and sample fabulous cigars from incredible manufacturers. It's the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month, you will receive three fantastic cigars in an Officers Club Ziploc pouch shipped directly to you for $22.95. Now, in the past year, we've had incredible selections. We had the world of Davidoff, which featured an Avo and a Davidoff Winston Churchill. We've had cigars from A.J. Fernandez, from Rocky Patel, from Placencia, Drew Estate, Sindicato, Fonseca. Incredible cigars that you will love. Become a member of the Officers Club today. Join now. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. You will absolutely love it. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. This is continuing coverage of America at War Against the Chinese Virus. Here's more from the Global General, Cigar Dave. 
Along with Mick the Brit from the European Theater of Operations in his World War II London bunker, we have Colonel Ange from the Pooch Pit in the Western New York Theater of Operations, and I'm at Command Center Alpha in the cigar city of Tampa, maintaining social separation, especially from enemies of pleasure and the Chinese communist enemy. British American Tobacco, working on a coronavirus, a Chinese Wuhan virus vaccine, using, of all things, tobacco leaves. Their U.S. biotech subsidiary, Kentucky Bioprocessing, could churn out between a million and three million doses of a vaccine using proteins extracted from tobacco leaves. They're developing the vaccine on a not-for-profit basis. The vaccine is undergoing preclinical testing, uses a cloned part of the virus's genetic sequence to make antigens, which are substances that spark an immune response in the body that are then inserted into the tobacco plants for reproduction. Once harvested, the antigens are extracted, purified, inserted into the body to fight the virus. They are working on it now, and they will obviously work with the FDA and British health authorities on launching clinical studies. And I can see it now. The enemies of pleasure, the tobacco-free kids, all the enemies of pleasure that you say the word tobacco, they're evil. Even if this would result in a discovery of curing the Chinese Wuhan virus, Colonel Ange and Mick the Brit, do you know what they would say? No. Tell us, General. They would say, tobacco is evil. We can't have tobacco. We can't have a vaccine that uses tobacco. Tobacco is horrible. That's their demented thinking. They really, even if it was a perfect cure, I guarantee you, no way could they allow to have tobacco being used in a favorable manner. Now, I told you that President Trump early on, back in January, February, said, oh, the Chinese Wuhan virus going to be like a cold. It'll go away. He didn't want to face reality. He knew it was going to happen. He knew it could tank the economy. Sometimes you tend to look away. You say, yeah, I- I'm in denial. Well, there are a lot of other politicians who are now pointing the finger at President Trump. Look, I'm critical at times, but I'm also fair. Here are some of the other politicians who are now saying, oh, President Trump should have done more. You got de Blasio, Pelosi, mayor of New Orleans, New York City Health Commissioner. Take a listen. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and Come join us. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives. There's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hardy people. Americans do not need to panic. What I would suggest, however, mm-hmm. is that Americans take this as a wake-up call for seasonal flu. There you go. All those people pointing the finger at President Trump, look in the mirror. Nancy Pelosi on Thursday said that she is forming a House committee to investigate the Chinese Wuhan virus epidemic and the government response and president's response. It's another witch hunt. It is absurd. And now in the middle of an epidemic, of a pandemic, of a national crisis, instead of saying, look, we're going to do whatever we can to fight it, Now, should there be a bipartisan, non-political committee afterward to take a look at our response, to take a look at our preparedness? Absolutely. We go back and look, review. How could we have done things better? How can we be prepared the next time? 
But this is nothing more than another impeachment attempt. And it is beyond absurd, beyond ridiculous. How dare Nancy Pelosi politicize when you've got the task force, the president, vice president, Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci, men and women in government doing everything they can. Now they have to worry about getting lawyered up. It is beyond obscene. Next hour, we'll be joined by Gordon Chang, China expert around the corner. And we'll continue with Colonel Ange and Mick the Brett as Hour 2 of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General General Cigar Dave. is a special presentation of the Cigar Dave Show, America at War with the Chinese Virus. With the latest intel, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. As we have discussed, not only today, but over the last number of weeks, probably the last number of years here on the Cigar Dave Show, the enemy is not Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia is a lightweight compared to the real enemy, not only of America, but the enemy of the world, and that is China, as exemplified by the fact that they knew about the Chinese Wuhan virus, they lied about it, President Xi knew about it, covered it up, didn't say anything, made the physicians and the researchers who was able, who were able to break down the RNA and, and, and totally get the score uh, the story on the virus itself they made them destroy everything including the samples so ru- a correction china is the enemy of the world not only the health of the world but now the economy for many years i have watched our special guest this hour he has appeared on all the news networks he has two great books the coming collapse of china the great us china tech war Gordon Chang joins us. Gordon, it is a pleasure, a privilege, and an honor to have you on. You are a noted expert on China. And let's talk about your background, first of all. I know that you went to Cornell. I'm a Syracuse grad, so just about uh, 45, 50 minutes away. But talk about your background first, because many people, I'm sure, have seen you on television. They've read your books, but they not be, may not be familiar with your background and how you really became an expert uh, on China. I spent seven years in Ithaca, which is very close to Syracuse, and went to law school, ended up practicing law for a quarter century, and then gave it up to write a book, uh, The Coming Collapse of China, which came out in 2001. And in that book, I said the Communist Party would fail in a decade, so I'm out of time. But I've been writing about China and North Korea since then, and have looked at um, what's going on there and how it affects the rest of the world. And I have to say that as long as I've looked at China, 
I, I've just been taken by surprise of the events over the last three or four months. Taken by surprise in what manner? Well, China's maliciousness during this epidemic has surprised me. So, for instance, doctors in Wuhan knew that this disease was transmissible person to person. They knew that about the second week of December, which means that Beijing probably knew about it a week or two after that. But yet there was no official acknowledgement of this until January 20, when China State Television had a famed virologist come on TV to talk about the subject. And on the following day, Beijing made a formal announcement about human-to-human transmission. But during that interval, this bug spread around China, and it left China's borders and spread around the world. And Beijing knew about it. And we know that the problem here, basically countries around the world did not take precautions. They would have if they thought it was human-to-human transmission. On January 14th, the World Health Organization really at the behest of Beijing, issued its now infamous tweet that said that based on what China had told the WHO, that it it did not believe that there was human-to-human transmissions. It was not possible. That has certainly, I think, helped spread the disease uh, much faster and further than it otherwise would have. And that means that societies around the world, um, including the United States, have been crippled because there's a maliciousness there on the part of China. You know, we can't say what Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, actually intended. But if he saw what happened in his own country, and if he wanted to cripple other societies to sort of get even, then he would have done exactly what he in fact did. So China is responsible for this because it could have prevented this from becoming a pandemic. There's no question about it. And every step of the way, they lied about it. They hid it. And I get a kick now how out of uh, they basically want to turn the blame to the United States and nonsensically and farcically said that it was the United States, uh, one of the uh, the Army or the Department of Defense that concocted this. And it, it the way that they now are trying to make it like they are the good guys helping the rest of the world. This is like being kidnapped by somebody. And the kidnapper gives you one meal a day, and you say, well, I've got to thank the kidnapper because they kept me fed, when the real crime was they kidnapped somebody in the first place. And looking at this, China now is not only, and I've said this, they're not only the enemy of the United States, they are the enemy of the world. They have single-handedly not only destroyed the health of many countries, but the world economy now is absolutely shattered. Yes, it is. And and we can see this because... Those countries that have been struck by the bug have had uh, their economies uh, flat on their back. And, you know, in the second quarter of this year, the one that we are now in, Goldman Sachs projects that there will be a 37% decline quarter on quarter. And and that is just astounding. Now, that's the most severe of the uh, estimates, but clearly that's within the range. And even so, there... Um, their prediction might very well, their forecast may very well be an underestimate of what's going to happen. We're talking of uh, unemployment of 15%. I think that that's actually on the low side. Americans really have an economy now that is moving towards standstill. And that means that um, an economy that was vibrant before has, has now been totally hobbled by the virus. 
And I understand that we just lost but reconnected with our special guest, Gordon Chang, noted China expert, author of the book, The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. His Twitter handle is at Gordon G. Chang, at Gordon G. Chang. And I am one of his uh, 78,800 Twitter followers. So, Gordon, we have you back on a good old-fashioned landline. Great to have you back. Now, Gordon, let's talk about something that people, many people don't realize, and I've been bringing this up the last few weeks here on the show. China, going back about six, seven years ago, began their One Belt, One Road initiative, OBOR. And many people don't realize the sinister effects that is having, where basically China is going into, they're extending their tentacles to Asia, Europe, Africa, they're going into these broke countries saying, you have no money, but we'll build your infrastructure. We'll, we'll build a train line for you. We'll build new ports. We'll build power stations, new airports. Chinese banks must finance it. Chinese construction companies must build it. Chinese companies must operate the particular item, whether it's a railway or a port or a power station. And then when the host country defaults on the loans, Guess who now owns all those projects? And there's an article just about three weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal saying that Europe was really getting fed up with China, that all these projects that were taking place, China wanted to exert their political influence. There was some backlash. I've got to believe now, Gordon, that between the One Belt, One Road initiative and between this pandemic, China lying and hiding uh, about the true nature of the Chinese Wuhan virus, I have got to believe that Europe and now the rest of the world is completely fed up with China. Yeah, I agree, certainly. What we're seeing in Europe right now is a question of one belt, one road, especially because Hungary has signed on to this, but the deal is secret, and, and that is upsetting the rest of the European Union. Um, and as you point out, um, one belt, one road has been used to make countries dependent on China. You know, in general, um, American aid to other countries really has been focused on capacity building to help those countries to become independent. China's aid, and one belt, one road is a perfect example of this, is really um, directed to making those countries dependent upon Beijing. And I think that we are starting to see, not only in Europe, but elsewhere, where One Belt, One Road has extended, that uh, elites in countries are deeply concerned about Beijing's motives and what the future of relations with China will look like after these infrastructure projects are built, because many of them are just not economic. I've got to believe now that Great Britain, the U.K., is changing their tune on Huawei coming in and building out their 5G cellular network. I think so. Um, there has uh, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, um, first of all said that Huawei uh, Technologies, which is the Chinese telecom equipment manufacturer, could actually build the quote-unquote non-core parts of Britain's 5G network. Well, there really is no real distinction between core and non-core. But putting that aside, um, Johnson did survive a challenge from conservative backbenchers on this. But now uh, there's even more momentum to have that initial decision reconsidered, especially because the U.S. is putting even more pressure on the, the conservative government there. And I agree with you that um, probably we're going to see in the next several months Britain reverse that decision of allowing Huawei into part of its 5G backbone. 
Our guest is Gordon Chang, noted expert on China. And Gordon, I believe you actually resided in Hong Kong for a while uh, at, at working at a law practice, correct? Yeah, uh, for 10 years, between 1981 and 1991, um, I practiced law in Hong Kong. And my firm, uh, which was Baker and McKenzie, uh, did a lot. I didn't do infrastructure work, but my firm did a lot of uh, public, uh, public and private financing for infrastructure. And I can tell you that uh, all of the um, commercial bankable deals of infrastructure have already been done. What Beijing is doing with One Belt, One Road is building the stuff that the private sector would not touch. And that means that Beijing understands that eventually it will own the infrastructure, as you pointed out in your initial remarks, because, you know, the market just won't support um, these railroads and ports and the things that uh, Beijing wants. Beijing wants those for strategic purposes. Uh, and that means that essentially these countries are becoming part of China's geopolitical network and paying for it. And, and I think that they're going to reconsider what they're doing because they can see that Beijing's motives are not benign. My uncle, who would uh, travel to the Orient in the clothing business for many, many years, I re recall he told me when the agreement was signed with UK and China to cede control of Hong Kong back to China over a 50-year period, I remember him telling me, you better go there quick because I can tell you right now, Hong Kong is going to change dramatically. And this was a number of years before the handoff. And what we have seen in Hong Kong with the, China blatantly breaking the agreement to basically keep uh, Hong Kong and China separate and trade separate. They've come in. It's not even 25 years into the deal, and they're already flexing their, their communist might. And I want to be very clear that when I talk about China, I'm talking about the Chinese Communist Party regime. Because, Gordon, I've got to believe that the Chinese people, the one and a half billion Chinese people, they do not want to live under this regime in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, people are people. Um, they want more say in their lives. They don't want to be infantilized, which is what Beijing has been doing, telling them that they're not able to make decisions for themselves. And, you know, people in China have been coerced. So, you know, I can understand why they don't demonstrate, why they don't speak out. But what we have seen, especially with the onset of the coronavirus epidemic, is people are losing their fear. They have just become so angry at Communist Party mismanagement that they are actually speaking in public, uh, expressing their discontent, saying that they want freedom of speech. Also, um, they have started to adopt uh, that politically impactful song from Les Miserables, Do You Hear the People Sing? They've adopted that as their anthem in China. And this echoes what people in Hong Kong did, because they started to sing that song as a protest of uh, Beijing's rule over Hong Kong. So you can see that the Chinese people are becoming restive. As I said, they can be coerced, but there, I think there is a fundamental change of view that we have witnessed over, let's say, the last uh, three or four months. Well, interestingly, I believe it was last weekend, so just about a week ago, where there were tremendous protests and many riots in Wuhan where several police cars were toppled and overturned. You've never seen that before in China. And it was also interesting to note that when President Xi Jinping went into Wuhan, maybe it was two, three weeks ago, he had the mask on and waving at everybody, that the military and the police rounded many people up and got them out of the way, uh, just moved them. Uh, it was just a total propaganda staged uh, a video opportunity, but I thought that was very interesting that 
people now, I think, in China are waking up and they're losing their fear. You hit it on the head, and I said it could be very possible that the Chinese communist regime falls without a shot being fired, especially when you look at the decoupling that's going to happen now with many countries saying, we have allowed our enemy to dictate our pharmaceutical goods, all the manufacturing for masks now. We've got to wait for China to ship over all these millions of masks. We just saw Bob Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, sent over his airplane on behalf of the governor of, of Massachusetts to pick up, I think, 1.5 or 1.7 million N95 masks. What does that tell you now that we as a country have seeded our pharmaceutical industry, our manufacturing uh, industry, our manufacturing base to a communist regime that is absolutely our enemy? Yeah, this is incomprehensible. As an initial matter, we should not allow any other country, friend, friend or foe, um, control our pharmaceuticals, our protective medical gear, whatever. But it's even worse that uh, we have did this with a hostile communist regime that has declared us to be their enemy. And they did that last May um, because uh, People's Daily carried a piece which declared, quote-unquote, People's War on the United States, People's Daily being the most authoritative publication in China. Um, so to have 80 to 90 percent of our pharmaceuticals manufactured there, um, to have all of the medical protective equipment um, being made there, that's really a, just a fundamental strategic failure on our part. And, and you know, China's threatened to cut off um, the supply of these goods. Um, we get to remember that this is not just theoretical, because as Peter Navarro, the president's trade advisor, said, China actually nationalized the production of an American factory in China Correct. producing N95 masks. And Maria Bartiromo, the Fox News and Fox business anchor, said that uh, China actually turned around a ship which was carrying medical protective gear, gloves, gowns, masks. Um, they turned it around, um, and this stuff was going to hospitals in New York. So China's become an unreliable member of the global supply chain. It has acted um, in ways which are fundamentally inconsistent with being a member of the international community. We Americans have just got to become much more um, independent in terms of being able to make the things within our own borders that Americans need. You know, there was an old saying that a friend of mine told me a long time ago after I graduated from college, and he said, sometimes you have to hurt them to convert them. And I don't think that, I think that phrase is so applicable right now where America's been hurt. And we now, after 25 years of seeding all of our manufacturing and letting jobs because we saved a nickel here and there, I think it's time. And I, th I believe the wake up call is there. I think now any American company, pharmaceutical company, manufacturing company that continues to do business in China with communist China. I really believe they're treasonous to the United States. If this is not a wake-up call, Gordon, what is? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, as uh, someone that mentioned to me, all of the cheap goods that America have bought um, have now been paid for in the last couple months with trillions of dollars of economic losses in our country, plus now 5,000 American lives. And um, as the president's uh, news conference a couple days ago pointed out, their current modeling shows that the minimum number of Americans who will die from this is 100,000, and that perhaps the number could be as much as 2.5, 2.6 million Americans. 
So we've got to remember the cost of the folly of allowing China to become a member of the international community and for us to put our uh, factories there. Gordon Chang, noted expert on China and Chinese policy, noted author, columnist, our guest. Gordon, I have got to believe that the wake-up call that is necessary will finally come, and I think the icing on the cake is going to be the fact that President Xi Jinping sent all of his people to sign that trade deal in February when he knew it was going on in Wuhan, and I think full well knew that he was not going to live up to the agreement to purchase whatever it was, $200 billion worth of uh, products over the next several years. My understand is, understanding is that they're starting to renege on that. Certainly, state media, Communist Party media, has been signaling that they don't want to go forward with that core commitment, which is to buy an additional $200 billion of U.S. goods and services over a two-year period, considering a 2017 baseline. And you're absolutely right. Xi Jinping um, actually chaired a meeting of the Politburo Standing Committee, which is the highest organ in China. He chaired that on January 7th. They discussed the coronavirus. It was the 15th of that month that Chinese negotiators came into the East Room of the White House and signed the Phase 1 trade deal. They were potentially carrying the disease. We didn't right. know about this. And um, you know, a good portion of the American leadership, including President Trump, was in the room at the time for the signing of that deal. Absolutely. You have a great uh, column that you posted at the Gatestone Institute on March 17th called China's Real Disease, Not Coronavirus, and that it is communism. But one of the things that I find amazing is the number of, I don't call them mainstream media, they're liberal stream media that are carrying the water for the Chinese Communist Party, basically stating when President Trump shut off travel, they're saying, well, that's racist, and we need to engage more now with China. China's not the enemy. These people are smoking crack, Gordon. Yeah. What's happened, especially because um, many of the people have been trying to criticize President Trump for anything, and what they have done is seized on the coronavirus, and as you say, they have been repeating Beijing's narratives. So, for instance, about a week ago, when the number of reported cases in China when our reported cases exceeded the reported cases in China, they said, not carefully, they just said, look, the U.S. has more cases than China. Well, no, um, China has severely underreported both cases and deaths. And, you know, they should have known better. This is also um, an extension of the U.S. media just reporting U uh, Chinese gross domestic product statistics without actually indicating that uh, in all probability, China's statistics um, severely ex uh, exaggerate the number of uh, the output of China. This is just yeah, yeah. Really Gordon, let me let me hold you right there, and I agree with you. We've got to take a hard break. We'll continue with Gordon Chang, noted expert on China, as we continue around the corner. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. We continue our conversation with Gordon Chang, noted China expert, author of the book, The Coming Collapse of China, The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Twitter handle is at Gordon G. Chang. Follow him. Great information. Gordon, I want to bring you back here because you wrote the book, The Coming Collapse of China. I think you said, what, in 2001? 2001, yes. 2001. Well, you may be 19 years late in terms of the actual timing, but... Could the collapse of China be around the corner? Yeah. I said in the book that it would take a decade, so I'm uh, about 10 years out of date. Um, What we're seeing in China right now are really all the elements of uh, failure of the economy, Um, which is not to say that it will occur, but it probably will. And, And this keys into something that you were talking earlier, and that is that essentially, you know, we have the Chinese people are upset at the Communist Party. They're white hot angry. Um, you know, in, in past times, this is sort of past, um, and, and people have gone back to their daily routines. But this time is different in the sense that while people are angry, the economy is failing. And the Communist right. Party's main narrative is that they're entitled to rule because they can continually deliver prosperity. Well, now they're not delivering prosperity, and people are angry. And so you have all the elements of regime failure in place, including a failure of the economy. You know, the numbers that have been coming out of China for everything, whether it's economic numbers, uh, their, their GDP numbers, and the numbers about the number of people infected with the Chinese Wuhan virus and that died, those are totally farcical. I mean, an absolute joke, but yet the Libstream media keeps repeating these and never says, these are the numbers coming from China. We don't have any confirmation they are true. Everybody keeps repeating them as if, as if they are the gospel. Yes, and, and, and really that shows that propaganda does work, which is the reason why China continues to do this. And, um, you know, China's um, narratives are being picked up by people in the United States. You know, I can understand why people might not like President Trump, and they very well may not vote for him in November. But people, Americans have got to understand that right now we have a common enemy. That common enemy means us harm. We're being challenged across the board And we've got only one president at this moment, and that's the person who's going to save us. And we Americans have to understand that our republic is at risk and that whatever they may do in November when they go into the polling place, they need to support our president because he's the person who is defending the American republic. I agree. And he's the only president. Go back four presidents, two Republicans, two Democrats, that has been 
yelling the warning shot about, screaming the warning shot about China. And he's the only one that has taken on China. Every other president has just rolled over. And we now have a president who has taken on China. And by the way, I think President Trump the last few days has had a conciliatory tone towards China. However, if they start reneging on their purchasing, I think it is all bets off. And Peter Navarro hit it right on the head a couple of days ago when he said, we have got to be responsible for our supply chains. Other countries are locking down. You look at the European Union. They all had this great spirit of cooperation. Well, now when the virus is hitting everyone, they're closing their borders, and they are now saying, no, we're going to keep all of our medical products within, which I totally understand. But if we don't wake up now, and I believe we will wake up, Gordon, because I think the economy is going to be so decimated, we're going to be in a in a depression, I believe, for a short period of time. Everything's not just going to open up like it was before. You know, this is like 9-11, but this is going to be a fundamental change of how people work, how their attitudes now on health, on congregating. I think this is going to forever change a generation. Yeah, I agree. And President Trump, as you point out, was the only American leader to take on the Chinese, to not accept what they were doing. To he, President Trump just has not been ignoring this unacceptable Chinese behavior. Um, and this is really important because his instincts have been totally right. Got to remember that on January, on, on July 17, 2017, President Trump signed his executive order on supply chain robustness. This is what Peter Navarro wanted, but Navarro wanted that because the president wanted it. And this was the president who saw that these issues well before they have come and, and really made themselves more evident in this epidemic. So President Trump was foresighted on this. And we Americans have got to understand that we have got to change. As you point out, we have got to change the way we do business because we cannot be dependent on a hostile communist regime. Gordon, how did, the, how did China become our primary supply chain for everything, whether it's clothing, whether it is, it is cigar boxes, cigar humidors, whether it is pharmaceuticals, uh, toys, you name it. How is it that... that China became so dominant economically? There are a lot of reasons, but the most important is that, um, especially after the end of the Cold War, we Americans wanted to integrate China into the international system. And because of that, um, we, uh, for instance, made sure that they became a member of the World Trade Organization, the global trading body. Um, we made sure that they were um, part of these multilateral institutions like the World Health Organization. We paved China's way into this. And what happened is that China actually became more hostile, more belligerent, instead of moving in the direction that we wanted. Um, we had a lot of people in this country who felt much more in common with the elites in China than they did with their fellow Americans. And so we ended up with a situation that you just described, which is completely unacceptable and which has led to the crippling of this country. So going forward, we're going to have to cut our links with China to protect ourselves from a regime that, at least in the meantime, we cannot reform. But got a minute left uh, with Gordon. Two things that you brought up. You talked about the World Health Organization. And another thing that I want to bring up is climate change. We hear all these people screaming about climate change and the United States has to do this and that. And the World Health Organization is, is just this great body. Now it's led by Tedros Adhanom, who's not even a medical doctor, uh, who is supported by China, who is from Ethiopia, who is a, a noted socialist communist. But here's what I find amazing. China's been the biggest polluter 
biggest emitter of carbon anywhere in the world. Nobody says boo. The World Health Organization, the second largest funder behind the United States, is China. Yet the WHO doesn't kowtow to the United States. They kowtow to China. Why do people kowtow to China? What is it about China that people are terrified about? Well, I suppose because everyone believes that they will dominate the 21st century. So they believe that we've got to sort of accommodate Beijing. And, and people are concerned that, um, you know, when they go back into the 20th century, that uh, the Third Reich wasn't accommodated. You know, and they have to say, well, we can't have a war. So when they go say, we can't have a war, they then leap to the uh, proposition, we have to give China everything that it wants, which is just absurd thinking. Um, we can have a relationship with China that we defend ourselves and does not lead to war. Gordon, I appreciate you joining us. I hope I can have you on again because this is not going away anytime soon. So I hope that we can have you on as a guest uh, again on the Cigar Dave Show in the near future. I would be honored to do that. So thank you so much. Gordon, I appreciate it. Gordon Chang, noted China expert. His Twitter handle is at Gordon G. Chang. Make sure you follow him. Got two great books, The Coming Collapse of China, which is unavailable at Amazon right now, sold out, and The Great U.S.-China Tech War. We will continue with Colonel Ange and Mick the Brit for the final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. Hi, I'm Rocky Patel. After 15 years of hard work, I'd like to introduce you to the Rocky Patel 15th anniversary cigar made at our factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. This cigar showcases a beautiful, oily Habano wrapper from Ecuador. Fillers from Esteli, Jalapa, and Condega make up a rich, complex, spicy taste with a lot of full flavor. The Decade, another one of our masterpieces. Made in Honduras, beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with secret fillers. It received a 95 rating, one of the highest rated cigars ever in Cigar Aficionado. This medium to full bodied cigar is rich, complex, yet elegant and well balanced. 15 years ago, they thought we'd never make it in the business. 10 years ago, they thought we'd never last. Five years ago, they started paying attention. Now, we're right where we belong, in your hand. So enjoy the 15th anniversary and the decade these cigars will deliver. Cigar connoisseurs and enthusiasts love going into their retailer's humidor and seeing what's new, what's exciting. It's like a kid in a candy store. And we've got a great way that you can enjoy and sample fabulous cigars from incredible manufacturers. It's the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month, you will receive three fantastic cigars in an Officers Club Ziploc pouch shipped directly to you for $22.95. Now, in the past year, we've had incredible selections. We had the world of Davidoff, which featured an Avo 
and a Davidoff Winston Churchill. We've had cigars from A.J. Fernandez, from Rocky Patel, from Placencia Drew Estate, Syndicato, Fonseca, incredible cigars that you will love. Become a member of the Officers Club today. Join now. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. You will absolutely love it. Why are we playing Russian Soviet Union national anthem? I will tell you why. Secret Russian plot to bring personal protection gear and supplies to combat Chinese Wuhan virus to United States. Plot to get generous publicity for Vladimir Putin and the Soviet Union Russians. Earlier this week, a telephone conversation between President Donald J. Trump, President Vladimir Putin, Putin offered Trump assistance, offered help to President Trump, who graciously accepted it. So, on Wednesday, 60 tons of medical supplies lands in United States to help combat Chinese Wuhan virus. And now, people saying, this is not act of goodwill. This is, this is not act of sending equipment to help others. This is propaganda machine. This is attempt to sway American people, attempt to show America no longer leader. This is gift from Krem- to Kremlin, not from Kremlin. All these people saying, President Trump, how dare he? Just like Greta. How dare he? How dare you? How dare you take Russian Russian materials? Now, if President Trump would have said to Vladimir Putin, no thank you, we don't want 60 tons of medical supplies, masks, personal protection gear, respirators. You know what the Libstream media say? And all the Dems and Libs? They say, how dare you, Mr. President Donald J. Trump? How dare you? How dare you? People need protection, and you deny offer of acceptance from President Vladimir Putin. You are guilty. You are guilty of endangering lives. How dare you not accept all that material, 60 tons of medical supplies? Go drink and eat borscht, President Trump, with Vladimir Putin. Go have borscht. Go have potatoes boiled. Go have vodka. But let us have the 60 tons of medical supplies. No matter what President Trump did, he was screwed. He takes Russian supplies. What happens? They criticize. He don't take him, they criticize. You can't please the Dems and the Libstream media. And now I'm tired of talking like a Russian commie. Colonel Ange, Mick the Brit, no matter what President Trump would have done, guaranteed, he takes it, they would have complained, He doesn't take it, they would have complained. It is absurd, all right? The fact of the matter is, we will help them in return. Russia doing it, and people in Russia are actually ticked. They are not happy that 60 tons of medical supplies were shipped to the United States. So everybody's ticked off. So basically, it's a win-win for everybody. Well, or for Donald Trump, it's lose-lose, isn't it, General, obviously? Well, yes, it is. It, no matter what he did, everybody mm. would have been, you know, would not have been happy. Now, let me go to a great story. This is a classic. The king of Thailand, Maha 
Vajiral Golkon, currently self-isolating self, uh, from the Chinese Wuhan virus in a luxury hotel in Germany, but not just by himself. The 67-year-old king, very wealthy man, is booked here. He booked the entire grand hotel Sonnenbichel in the alpine resort town of Garmisch Partenkirchen after local officials gave him special permission to do so. But he's not there just by himself. He's there with his concubine of 20 women and female servants. He is there with his harem of 20. Is that not a beautiful way to ride out the Chinese Wuhan virus? I ask you that, Colonel Ange. Yeah, I looked every day in the mail for my invitation from uh, the king, but uh, either it didn't get here or right, it's going to arrive late. Yeah, what a way to go. Well, you will recall that there was a picture of him way back when, I don't know, his wife was sitting next to him and there was new, one of the, the new members of the concubine had to go on her knees and grovel down to his feet. I, I, I've got this picture. It's in this story that we will share with uh, everyone at CigarDave.com and on our social media sites. It is a classic. This beautiful woman is bowing down. She's on her knees <laughs> to the king. I'm like, can't we go back to those wonderful days? Oh, my goodness. You know what? Maybe I'll move to Thailand and become king. What a great gig. No ifs, ands, or buts. But wait, there is more. It actually gets better because in Malaysia, the government has issued a stern warning to wives, to women, wives in Malaysia during the coronavirus or the Chinese Wuhan virus lockdown. Malaysia has the largest number of Chinese Wuhan virus cases in Southeast Asia, more than 3,000 and counting. The Ministry for Women, Family, and Community Develop, uh, Development issued a series of online posters on Facebook and Instagram with the hashtag women prevent COVID-19. And it also advises the nation's women to help with the country's partial lockdown by not nagging their husbands. Their homes are now a no-nag zone. These, the Malaysian dames, the wives, cannot nag their husbands anymore. Do you know how many American husbands would wish they were in Malaysia right now? Tons. We need a national order. <laughs> and also, wait a minute, but wait, there's more. The Malaysian ministry advised women to refrain from being sarcastic if they ask for help with household chores, and it urges women working from the home to dress up, wear makeup, and look good for their men. I am 100% for that. I, I applaud the Malaysians. I am going, when this is over, I'm, it's on my list. I'm going to visit Malaysia. Maybe get a nice little Malaysian harem while I'm there. And of course, many advocacy groups, women's advocacy groups in Malaysia are upset. It's condescending to both women and men. The posters promote gender inequality, perpetuate the concept of patriarchy. All I can say is more power to them. It's a no nagging zone. You can't nag your husbands. And if they ask you for help with domestic chores, can't be sarcastic. And they've got to look good, wear makeup, dress up for their husbands. I see absolutely nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think if we went to that here in the United States, we would be a far better country. What say you, Mick the Brit and Colonel Ange? General, I would say maybe the Middle East should follow the Far East. Well, yes, the Far East. But remember, in the Middle East, you can have up to, I think, four wives legally. 
and an unlimited number in your harem. But you, you can not divorce them quickly. With, not dressed up with makeup on, though. Wait a minute. Inside their palace? Of course they look good. Please. Come on. Inside the palace, they all have to look good. It's when they go, they have to put everything on. But, you know, in a lot of Arab countries now, they're getting more modern. I mean, you go to the Emirates, they're not all in the black garb. But let me tell you, when they all travel to Europe, to England, to London, Mick, you've seen them, they go crazy. The men bring all their girlfriends, the wives, they're drinking, they're smoking, they're having a great old time, they're having a great party. So a lot of it is a charade. But what a beautiful thing. Colonel Ange, I would like you to tell Mrs. Colonel Ange Rita that, number one, and and I want to get a full report after this, that the pooch pit is no longer a nagging zone. No nagging is allowed. There could be no sarcasm, and that she has to dress up, make up the whole shebang every day. And if you could give us that report next Saturday, if you are still alive, we would appreciate it. It may sound like a lot of mumbles, General, but when the swelling goes down, (laughs) I can give you the blow by blow. Uh, There you go. Well, we've got some good news in the Chinese Wuhan virus war. A 104-year-old World War II veteran has beaten the Chinese Wuhan virus. Bill Lapshee celebrated his 104th birthday and his victory over the Chinese Wuhan virus on Wednesday. And when you think about it, he was a, a World War II veteran, and I believe that he was in the Marine Corps. He survived the Nazis, the Spanish flu, more than one recession in his century Ooh. of life, still going strong. And uh, i tell you what, I think he's going to make it to 105, which is good. And uh, somebody said, how do you feel? He said, pretty good. I made it. And then he said, I'm good for a few more. So fantastic. Uh, congratulations to the Lebanon, Oregon veteran. He was very, very sick after being diagnosed. But the dedicated staff at the Edward Allworth Veterans Home gave him constant care, suited up in gloves, gowns, masks, plastic face shields. And glad to see that a great World War II veteran, a great American, Bill Lapshies, has beaten the Chinese Wuhan virus. Let me tell you two guys that are beating nothing in New York where they should be right now. This is a classic. General Patton would always be at the front of the line. He would be in front with his troops. Well, there are two Mount Sinai hospital executives. Are they in New York at Mount Sinai in the Upper East Side? Are they with the troops on the front line assisting in the Chinese Wuhan virus war? No. I'll tell you where they are. Dr. Kenneth Davis, the CEO of the Mount Sinai Health System, made $6 million in compensation in 2018, is at his waterfront mansion near Palm Beach. He's been there for several weeks. The president of the Mount Sinai Health Network, Dr. Arthur Klein, also multi-million dollar compensation. He's holed up in his oceanfront condo in Palm Beach. They are working from their home. Instead of being on the Upper East Side, right in the middle of things at the hospital, they are telecommuting. And meanwhile, nurses, doctors, they're working their asses off nonstop, but they're saying that they're effective because they're answering email, they're doing calls, they're doing Zoom meetings. Please give me an absolute break. Can you imagine General Patton, Mick or or, uh, Ange, saying to everybody, yeah, I'm going to stay here at headquarters. You guys go out and fight the war. Colonel, uh, General Patton was right at the front lines. Yeah. Cowards. Absolute cowards. 
And he said, and both guys said they didn't need to be in New York or uh, with the staff to get the job done. One of them said, you know, from the time I wake up, from the time I go to bed, I am totally engaged. You know that I get over 400 emails I reply to? On a good day, that's every 90 seconds. On a bad day, it's almost every minute. I have teleconferencing with Zoom like constantly. When they don't have Zoom, I'm on the phone with them. I mean, please. Oh, my. So... It, it's horrible. He's got to reply to 400 emails a day. Unbelievable. Talk about absolute gall. It is pathetic. Both of those are enemies of their own staffs, and I say they are enemies of the war against the Chinese Wuhan virus. want to thank Gordon Chang, noted China expert and author. Make sure you follow him at Gordon C. Chang on Twitter. Colonel Ange. As always, many thanks from the Pooch Pit. Stay well, stay safe. Regards to Private G and Mrs. Colonel Andrita. Thank you very much, General. All you lieutenants, stay safe, stay home, and grill. And Mick, you stay safe as well. Cigar Dave, the General, say Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Stay safe, stay home. Let's beat the hell out of the Chinese communists and the Chinese Wuhan virus.